It is absolutely a pleasure to be digging into this topic today. We're going to talk about something that is essential, but also so important in this hour. We're going to talk about kingdom finances. And Patrick and I were talking after one of the last podcasts, and we began to just talk about finances and what's happening in the world. And it kind of stirred something up. I, I don't know, Patrick, it, you, you started making some questions and asking some stuff that kind of led us to a different conversation. Yes, as we were talking, I realized in this season, there's a lot going on financially and business opportunities that weren't there necessarily. Mm -hmm. I believe in this season, the Lord's been releasing financial opportunities for those in ministry and just those in the church regardless. And uh, for me, it's like balancing ministry and business. Ah. And as you were talking about that, it illuminated some things in me about, okay, there's something going on right now where there's uh, actionable data. There's yes. There's things we can do in this season to take advantage as kingdom people, take advantage of the, uh, the situation. And, Absolutely. And the opportunities that have arisen. And I think the body of Christ needs to hear from a prophet of God what the Lord has been saying in, in presenting per se. So mm. for my sake, I want to hear it for my sake, but I know there's others out there as well. What can I do in business and my finances right now to push forward in destiny? I, I like this because it really is. I think if we look at scripture, every time there is a major transition, a cataclysmic thing that hits the earth, those are times when God actually pushes his people to another level. Mm. And many times our thinking is so different than what God is actually doing I that see. we see trouble, trauma, transition as a negative thing. So we begin to re respond and react like everyone else around us. We get worried, fearful, and afraid. We close in, shut down, and hold on to resources and ideas and just try to wait out the storm. Right. But those times are actually times when you need to push forward, prepare, and let God propel you to the next level of what you're going to be doing. So one of the things that we touched on is just a quick overview. Every time there is a um, national or international shakeup, those are perfect times for people in business to either reignite old passions, restore old dreams, or reset their vision. And one of the things that the Lord does is he brings to the forefront how we can restructure. So how do you restructure a business or restructure your ministry, restructure your family? One of the things that's been very evident in this time of shakeup is everything we have done financially that has been not biblical mm. has been exposed I in see. the light of day. Now, what does that mean? It means the whole world has been hit financially. The whole world is in a shakeup. The whole world is suffering. And we understand that. And this was a pandemic. This was nations being shut down. This is not something that we chose However, it's not the first time this has happened in the world, nor will right. it be the last. So what should we learn? Number one, we started talking about this. Number one, you've got to ask yourself the question, were you operating biblically and economically prudently before the shakeup? Because when we rebuild our finances after this, we have to make some kingdom choices. So were you trying to put away money into your savings account before right. this? Uh, we talked about yes. everybody needs to try to have two months to three months somehow saved right. 
leading up to a storm coming. Now, again, those who are listening, this is not the time to overreact and go, listen, you're saying that and I never had enough money to save in the first place. I understand that and I've been there. I'm talking about going forward. We need to build a better model for our children, for a wise man, a righteous man, lays up for his grandchildren and inheritance. So we're gonna build an inheritance for our children's children. We have to start planning now for storms. How do you plan for a storm? Number one, never spend all that you have. Never spend all that you have. Um, When money is coming in, one simple thing that I do that it takes time to practice, but we can begin to practice. I not only tithe to the Lord, I tithe to my savings account. Tithe to your savings account. So to the Lord. To the Lord. I tithe to the house of God. I give an offering every time uh, I give my tithe. I always give an offering. And then I take 10% of whatever I made that month and I put it into a separate account that I do not touch. Reminds me of Solomon building the temple and then exactly house. I see. You have to plan for where you're going. So I set that part aside. Now, that takes practice and it takes ingenuity in this regard. There will always be emergencies that come up that will tell you, use all that you've saved to handle this emergency. Now, how do you discern the spirit of fear in, in regards to an emergency? And oh, Can you break that down a little yes, bit? Yes, I can. Okay, number one, an emergency that would require financial reaction is something you cannot delay, something that is life-threatening or threatening the function and survival of your home. If it does not hit those three things, if it is not life-threatening, physically causing pain or injury, or affecting the future and function of your home, it is not a real emergency. It may be loud, It may be someone in your family that has a need. It may be something you want to improve, but it is not an emergency. Um, Upgrading your phone every time a new one comes out is not (laughs) Not an emergency. emergency. Getting the newest technology every time it is advertised is not an emergency. Um, Getting your hair done or a new outfit every time there's an event is not an emergency. Um, beautifying something just because it's starting to look a little old is not an emergency. If I have the choice between saving a little bit of money or taking away something that makes me uncomfortable, perfect example, I have driven old cars that were getting older by the day and looked like a junker, (laughs) but I kept them clean and waxed and they were clean on the inside. And I kept driving that car, why? Because I could have taken my savings to get that new car earlier. But if I'd gotten that new car, would have had no money in the bank. Mm. So I asked myself the question, what do I need? The answer is a car. I didn't need a new car, I just needed a car. A car, right. A car. I can only drive a car. Doesn't matter how spectacular the car is. Do I need a car that's going to deplete my savings so that I can show people I have a car? Or can I survive with a smaller, less magnificent vehicle that will let me keep putting savings away for the next eight months to 12 months, keep this thing on the road and keep money going into my savings? Then I'll do that. Okay. 
Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves because as you're going forward. Now, again, I know those who are listening to this, you're going, well, right now I'm just getting back on my feet financially. We're going to talk about that. But I just want to lay some foundation sure. for our plans for the future. Absolutely. As we get ready to come out of this and people go back to work, I want people to have a biblical mindset that I will build my finances different yes. this next time. Second, everyone in your family does not own nor deserve part of the financial increase that comes into your hand. They are partners with you only as they help produce for where you're going. Now, I'm not talking about a husband or a wife. I'm talking about every one of your children that says to you, grown children, not little kids, grown children that come to you and say, hey, mom, dad, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to. Can you? No, no. We are building for our future. So we're not going to give you money every time you have a want. Right. We will help you with needs, but not wants. Why? Because you're teaching them the ability to produce for their own future, a work ethic and a work value, but you're also protecting your own destiny. I see. If you give away all your money now, then you won't <laughs> be able to build your future when you get there. It's part of stewarding your destiny. Absolutely. So I have a question. Sure. You have, over your life, because you are a musician and you love music and you are a thinker when it comes to that. There's certain equipment and guitars and things that you wanted, but you may not have had the money when you first said you wanted it. Right. So how did you set your mind to aim towards something? Pretty much just kept going with what I had. Mm -hmm. um, if I didn't have the option to save for it or really go after it, I kind of would just be content with what I had mm -hmm. and be, be use it as motivation to do whatever I needed to do mm -hmm. to pursue that piece of gear or whatever that may have been. Um, but pretty much it, it kind of would force me to be content yes. with what I have, yes. you know, and learn how to get by with what I have per se until the opportunity arises to purchase or to save. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, there's always something out there that you can want, and it's all it's so and so it's part of a balance of saying, I want this, the want and need aspect for especially for a musician. <laughs> yes. That line can get blurred and confused. So it would just it would make me get better at my craft per se, mm -hmm. um, while I'm saving or while I'm pursuing, you know, a piece of gear. Keep doing what you're doing and well, save. You said something that I think is essential and it actually helps us leap to where we okay. want to go. You made the statement, you said, I became content with what I had until I could get more. Right. Okay. Now that becomes one of the essential pieces for us learning and growing in this season financially that's on the world right now. What do I mean by that? To everybody who's listening, just a couple things that we can grab in this season, because many people are hearing this going, we're well, talking about the future, but I'm in my now. I'm going through a hardship now, and how do I plan? This is what started this conversation with me and Patrick in this regard. So being content with what I have. First thing is many people who have now been through quarantine have learned the beauty of you're trapped in your house. You haven't been able to necessarily go shopping, go to movies, go to plays, go to concerts, 
So what does that mean? That means you have been content in your home. You may have been stir crazy. You want to break out. You want to get out. But you have learned a new financial pattern. That new financial pattern is if you will go back and look at your finances over the last eight to 12 months, many of you will discover that you were putting so much money into extracurricular activities that right. you never realized yes. before. I realized that. <laughs> Hasn't it been a shock that you suddenly realize, even though we've been in quarantine, I've had people say to me, I'm in quarantine, but I realize I've had more money right. in my bank account than I normally did because... I'm not eating out every... That's what I thought the other day, actually. There you go. Yeah. So this is the piece. If I can be content, as this quarantine begins to come to an end, that's why we wanted to make it now and catch people. Right. Before you go back to life as you knew it, ask yourself the question, did I survive not eating out? Yes. yes. Did you survive not going to the movie theater? Yes. yes. Did you survive not going out to the club and listening to music <laughs> or dancing? Yes. yes. Did you survive not taking the kids to some huge day right. every week to let them blow off steam and it cost you a hundred dollars? Right. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. did you survive not going to big concerts and just putting it on TV, watching some film clip or watching a movie that had your greatest um, stars in it? Right. Yes. Then now make that part of your world going forward financially, because if you don't, we will seek to return to life as we knew it, and we will find ourselves back in the same financial black hole of existence that most of us were in, where we couldn't figure out why we're losing money when we should be banking money yes. and why we're not able to go forward. So before we talk about creative ideas of wealth, I just want to say to many of you, we're learning from this experience what we could survive without. Yes. If you could survive without it, look at yourself financially and say, as I go forward, second to many of the families who have been able to survive with your children at home. Now, many people are praying as soon as school restarts, I'm putting everybody in my house out, everybody going back to school, kids who are never even thinking about college, right. you're finding a way to send them <laughs> somewhere. But to some families, this has been a great opportunity because there are families that have learned they could have their kids at home and school them and survive. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So what does that mean? That means for some of you that had to, you not only had to have that other vehicle so you could escort your kids from place to place to place, school function to school function. You were paying gas every time you were driving around. You had to buy, whether it was uniforms, outfits, cheerleading outfits, whatever it was, to keep them always engaged in that school's activities. You were paying for specialized tutors and teachers or whatever programs. You've now suddenly discovered that your kid was able to learn and you were able to teach them. Yes. Some people need to evaluate. I'm not saying everyone, but some people need to evaluate before we jump back into life as we know it. Am I better financially keeping my children at home mm. and not paying for different schools, different fees, spending all this gas money to get them from place to place, putting them in all these functions? Am I better keeping them at home and getting them involved in a 
extracurricular sporting activity where they can be connected to kids, where they will have friends and continue that function, have them in church activities where they will learn the art of interaction, righteousness, and participation without putting them back into right. a school system. Take the time to ask yourself. Third one, many of you have learned that you could work from home and produce. Yes. So if you can work from home and produce, then do you really need to be spending gas money getting to an office that for the last three months you have produced work successfully from home? You could now talk to your employee and say, can I just come in twice a month for meetings? Can I come in once a week to be face-to-face with my coworkers? Can I do most of my work off-site? Many employers are going to do that for business owners. Mm. Some of you are suddenly realizing you could work everybody from home, save the cost of renting that building that you're paying thousands of thousands every week to have a building that you haven't been able to enter for three months. Wow. Your entire company has been able to function off-site. So there's rent, there's insurance, there's workers' comp. All of that you won't have to pay if everybody is working from home. There are ministries that will have no overhead if they learn to simply meet at home until they build a strong enough bank account and have enough members that they can successfully rent a space or own a building without it harming them financially because the church was supposed to meet in houses and then eventually build buildings. And we've reversed it until we spend all of our money to have a building and hope people come. Right. So financially, this is an opportunity for everyone listening to reevaluate. I'm not saying take my advice. I'm saying at least hear the advice because there may be something you haven't thought of. And God has given us a space to breathe where financially, if we just reevaluate some things, we'll find there's money we could save and ways we could better steward God's opportunities. It reminds me, uh, as you were talking about that, the question you asked me about getting gear as a musician Mm -hmm. per se, you know, the end of that was for the gear, the gear was you want a better sound. Yes. That was the angle, a better sound. Well, being content also meant, well, there's other ways for me to get a better sound. It's not just in the equipment, it's in my hands mm. and in technique. Mm. If I improve my technique, I will end up with a better sound. Yes. So even though I couldn't afford the piece of gear, which will just instantly give me a better sound, um, there's actually a more valuable way to achieve that sound just through technique and practice and I just sound better and play better so I'm going to I'm going to have a better sound per se Absolutely. does that make sense oh it makes it better so it was a kind of it was a it forced me into a different avenue to achieve basically a similar end goal absolutely it caused you to perfect your gifting mm. and so those become invaluable opportunities because what most of us are trying to do is we're trying to use all of our money, our time, and our energy to push the level of gifting we have by, and we think our gift will get better if I have more expensive, more opportunity, and more doors. But the truth of the matter is, by being sometimes somewhat restricted in access and resources, you perfect your gift, you increase your talent, and you hone your craft so that when the opportunity opens, 
you have something so impressive to offer that people invest in it, which breaks you to another level of financial breakthrough. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. A couple little things that go with that as well. Um, to those who are listening, little things in this hour. So reevaluate yourself financially. Look back over the last 12 months at how much money you had going out and what you spent that didn't need to be spent. I know many of us are going, well, I just need my job back. I need to work. I get that. We are going to have jobs again. We are going to be working again. Sons and daughters of God, breathe. We are going to get through this. What we're doing now is giving you ammunition and materials so that when we do come through this, we're not so excited to simply have income back that we burn it like we burned it before, but we can start making better decisions from the foundation up. Next piece. Many of you right now, if you owe more than $10,000 in taxes, this is a perfect time for you to call some of those tax helplines and to start making deals with the government where you could pay literally 80% less. Wow. They will take 20 to 25% of what you actually owe. Sometimes they'll take 17 to 20% of what you owe in this hour. Why? Because the government now is so busy and they're so interested in getting everyone back financially on good footing that right now they're settling people's debt quickly mm. and they're willing to work with you. So this is the hour. Next thing, if you have not already filed your taxes, if you know you're going to get a refund, file, get it in. You should have already gotten it in. If you're going to have to pay taxes, they've given extensions until June. Um, I think in some places they're talking about maybe extending it to, into July. So you need to take the extensions you're getting and just breathe. Why? Because the longer they extend, you're going to owe the money anyway. You're going to have to pay the money anyway. But the more extensions they give you, then that's one less thing you have to be concerned about financially. And if you owe a lot from previous years, you can bank those things together and start talking to them about making a smaller debt payment plan. So this is a great opportunity to get out of old debt with the government. Third thing. It's a great opportunity right now for you to look at um, the fact that they are holding payment or deferring payments for some of you that have cars um, and you still owe payments. Some of the different car companies, this is why you look into which company you're working with, but there are some of the car manufacturers that are doing deals right now where they are deferring three of your payments until the this is over or some of them are simply pushing three payments until the end of your um, lease or until the end, excuse me, until the end of your contract, okay. which means they're saying we're not going to add on more money. We're just going to give you three months where you don't have to pay. A couple of them are saying they will pay two months for you. Oh, wow. But if you don't know and ask, you won't find out. So some some of us now who are in the mindset of, oh, my God, I owe this this car and I still got to pay. If you don't go onto the car's website, go onto the company's website, do some research and find out. Do you own one of the vehicles where they're willing to defer and to forgive? Because some of those are actually operating right now. 
for some of you that have been home and you found out you had enough finances to survive, if you have a um, 501, if you have a ministry or a 508, if you are a community, um, if you are doing work in the community, 501s and 508s, they're releasing money to you. But you have to do the paperwork. So you have to go on. So you have to now pay attention when they talk about um, payment protection. And when they talk about small business assistance, the SBAs and the PPPs, you need to go online and do that paperwork. Every time you hear the news say they're releasing it. Why? You can't get it if you don't apply for it. But if you apply for it, you just might get it. So if money gets released to you, that money automatically will help you keep your lights on, keep employees taken care of. And if you keep your paperwork in order and you can show them what you're doing, much of that will be forgivable at the end of this. So those are just some simple things that people can pay attention to and do that will help even in this hour. And two little last things, and then we'll we'll stop this session because I could talk on this for another (laughs) hour. Connect with other people in business. Um, For many of us who have taken a hit business-wise with your connections, with your travel, with your um, calendar, how you have things scheduled, this is a great time for you to build relationship instead of just building resources. In most businesses, resources is what we were interested in building, but we have now discovered and been reminded of resources are the result of relationships. Amen. So now reestablish relationships. So if your company has been taking a hit, even if you've had to have your employees not coming in, this is a wonderful opportunity, I've mentioned it before, for you to go through your entire network of connections and send each one an email where you just stay in connection with them, where you go through and make phone calls and connect to partners, employees, employers, Um, those that you are looking to invest in or you have in or who have made investment in you to hear each other's voice, to talk about the future, to commiserate with each other if necessary, and to strengthen each other when you can. Why? Because when this is all over, those that kept their connections alive and strong will be the people who have people who reinvest in them. Yes. So keep your business alive. And use social media on purpose. Talk about what you're doing. Talk about some of the great moments of the past in your business. Thank customers. Thank partners. Put up pictures on your website, on your social media, where you show your employees that you're thinking about them, where you are constantly talking to each other. Use Zoom chat rooms that one one day a week, one day every couple of weeks, Get everyone that you ever worked with into a Zoom chat room and just talk about what you're going to do in the future so you can keep the dreams alive and the hopes alive. Little things that you can do now where you can push forward, plan forward, and go forward and dream of how you're going to build with the level of money and influence you will have available when this is over. Well, I don't have any money. Okay, then you have people you have contacts. For some of you, you will survive if you go back to bartering. You can barter through this. What do I mean by bartering? 
some of you that don't have many employees, you can easily get through this in this regard. If you're not operating with an overhead and all of our buildings have been shut down and you are, let's say a hairstylist, when this first begins, then you've got a couple people who may have um, their restaurants or their chefs or cooks. Then you start to talk to them and say, hey, you come over to my house, I'll do your hair. You bring a meal for my family. You talk to someone else who is great at doing nails and they can do nails for the person who's, you can exchange mm. what you have to give. For those in ministry, you should be calling other churches and networks that you're part of and asking them, how can we partner with y'all? How can we advertise similar meetings at the same time and do a joint effort online, get the maximum a number of people onto a online conference, give them life-giving information, blow up their world in a good way and leave a good memory and a good taste that all of these ministers were thinking about us, praying for us and ministering to us and then go offline and don't ask for anything financially. Because people need to know you're concerned about them, not just about how much money they can bring to the church. Now, why am I saying that? Because we understand. We're going through the same thing, but we have found that God has taken care of us as we have been there to help people. So just some thoughts about finances. I don't know. What do you think, Patrick? Oh, it's a lot to chew on, you know, but yeah. uh, like you said, it's a time. The, the Once this quarantine ends, the gate's going to be lifted. And I think yes. the horses are going to run, but we need to have the right information and go forth correctly. Whether we have money or don't have money, there's things we can execute to set up. And I think, like you said, that's what the Lord is allowing right now is the reset, refire. Yes. You can either reset, you can refire. One of those R's that you mentioned, you can pick one in this season yes. and really position yourself to move ahead successfully. Absolutely. It's almost like uh, with everything being shaken, the, the playing field has been leveled. Very much so. The playing field's been leveled. So you can get in at, uh, an, at an in a level that you couldn't beforehand per se or like you said especially with the forgiving of certain levels of debt or the government working with you there's definitely as i'm hearing from you there's definitely options no matter where you're at absolutely to uh to do something right now and uh and like it made me think of you know it says i read this a couple weeks ago you know when building upon the rock we kind of forget sometimes that beforehand it said if you listen to my words and do my commandments. Yes. It will be like yes. you're building upon a rock. The verse doesn't just start with, you know, trusting Christ and you're building on the rock. Mm-hmm. Listen, if. If you do his words yes. and his commandments, then you will be building on a rock. So it made me think of that as you were speaking. You can build on the rock, but you need to you need to work by wisdom. Absolutely. And biblical principles. Well, and if we're honest, because, you know, we want to dig into this more and more later on. If we're honest, one of the reasons that the nations are so shaken right now is none of the nations have built biblically. Right. So what we've done is we've taken a bad economic model that most governments operate by Mm -hmm. where they are building the financial stability of a nation, not on gold or on silver not a gold standard. They're building it on the money they can produce. Paper, yeah. Paper, which is not stable in any regard. We are being moved by stock markets, inflation, 
and the attitudes and reactions of people and companies to governments and how they're responding to data and information that they're receiving. So none of that is stable. The problem is the church has been operating with the same financial model as the world. Mm. So the church has been as unstable as the world. So when the world shut down, churches shut down. When the world stopped producing, the church stopped producing because we weren't operating with a different model. So we were living, most churches were operating at the level of their income coming in and debt going out. So we were mostly operating at a zero model. It's almost like paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Because we knew, so we can do this next week because we have this much coming in the offering this week. Right. And a business knew I can buy this because I have this much coming in through transactions. None of us were building off of the model of if the whole world shuts down for the next 90 days, I'm good. We weren't doing a Joseph model. Seven years of famine may be coming, so in the time of plenty, let me set some aside in the barn. We weren't building from the Jacob model. Let me take the excess, pull it out, reinvest it, and produce. We weren't building from the Isaac model. In this same year, he reaped a hundredfold. We weren't building from the Abraham model. Through the multitude of his giving to God, he reset a level of dominion financially where he took over whole territories. We weren't using the David model. I'm going to give and try to outgive God so that God causes people to partner with me for the level of breakthrough that I can believe for. We weren't even using the Solomon model. I'm going to give back to God what was given to me the generation before and trust that God will multiply it and bless my house as well. We threw away every biblical model we've ever been given and operated in our own mindset from the world. Wow. So in essence... (laughs) We've been operating in the church with a worldly mentality financially and then getting upset when God doesn't keep us prospered. My, my. And God's going, can I prosper what I didn't build? If you build it, you have to sustain it. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you just named one, two, three, four, six models I mean, this this is out of the old covenant, even. Yes, sir. Six models: Joseph, Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, David, Solomon. I mean, that, that sounds like that's an episode. <laughs> that's an it episode is. each. <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to do that one. We, now, now I need to hear these. Well, we will do those, and then we'll talk about the seven realms of giving. Seven realms of giving okay. on the next one as well, okay. and we'll go into that because those are powerful things. With every person God worked with in the old covenant. He shows the ramifications and the multiplication of operating in a kingdom finance model. Mm. And the thing that's so important about that is, and I'll throw this out and then we'll, we'll right. stop this. <laughs> From Adam to the book of Revelation, God operates in wealth. Amen. He is not a poverty mindset Amen. God. He makes Adam in the middle of four rivers with gold, onyx, and precious stones right. around Adam's feet. The book of Revelation says the 12 foundations of the very city of God is stones and precious stones. Yes. It says the gates are like mother of pearl, not like they are mother of right. pearl. And it says the throne of God is full of stones and it's precious and it's rich. 
The Bible even says that in some angels, precious stones sit in their wings. So from Genesis to Revelation, God is never ashamed nor afraid to walk around in wealth. It is religion and a man-made mindset that somehow needs to cause the church to think that poverty is supposed to be our identity so that we can live without, operate with less, and produce nothing so that we have to operate by the world's economic model or we won't be able to produce. But a kingdom model outproduces, outlasts, and outmaneuvers the world's model every Every single time. time. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Father, Patrick and I agree right now that those who are listening, wherever you are, that God would highlight and ignite in you any and all thoughts of how to transform, reform, how to think differently out of the box, how to handle your finances in a different fashion, that none of these points were telling us what to do, but suggesting things we haven't thought of before. So may the Lord touch your mind and cause you to think differently. May he touch your finances and cause you to see the growth and the glory of God rest upon the seed in your hand and the harvest in your field. May God break all fear, intimidation, limits, and boundaries. May he cause you to live a life beyond limits and have a future boundless and full of glory. And may you realize God wants to bless you, not so that you can be rich, but so that you can influence the kingdoms of the world so that you can cause hurting people, hungry people, homeless people to be provided for. For the blessing of the Lord that comes to us is to help us help others. May the Lord bless your house. May he prosper you. And may you wake up tomorrow with new ideas and creativity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.